everyone. This is the Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that the Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. But first, let me put in a good word for Blueberry Podcasting. I'm a Blueberry affiliate, but that's not the only reason I'm telling you this. I've been using Blueberry Podcasting as my hosting service for my podcast for years, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. They give great customer service. You're in complete control of your own podcast. You can run it from your own website. And it just takes a lot of the work out of podcasting for me. I find for that reason that it's a company that I can get behind 100% and say, you should try this. Try Blueberry. It doesn't require a long-term contract, and it's just a great company, period. And it also has free technical support by email, video, and phone. So you can get a human being there. Isn't that nice? Hi, everyone. Our first guest for this season has achieved so much, I could spend hours picking his brain for advice. But uh, we'll have to settle for about 20 to 25 minutes, more or less. Uh, We can hit the highlights anyway. And one of those is the big uh, conference that he organizes, Killer Nashville. And um, Killer Nashville uh, has been going on for 16, this is the 16th uh, iteration of Killer, Killer Nashville, as I understand it. It's just amazing that he has organized this conference, starting with a very much smaller group. We can get into that later. Um, He is also a screenwriter, poet, playwright, film and TV producer, director, showrunner, actor, educator, reviewer, and public speaker. I think I've covered all of it. And um, gee, what a slacker, right? And dad, and dad. I'm a dad. Mom, (laughs) a a husband, and a dad. That's awesome. See, that all of those things. That's great. So it is my great pleasure to introduce as my guest today, the amazing Clay Stafford. Oh, Hi, Clay. You. Hi, Debbie. How are you? I, I, I think we're in our 18th year, if I'm not 18. mistaken. We had, I don't know. Let's, let's do the math. It was 2006 was the first year. And then we took, uh, we're forced to take one year off because of COVID. Um, so uh-huh. Uh, I, I think we're going into our 18th, but I'm not I'm quite sure. It's either 17th, 18th, maybe. I don't know. Hmm. But time, it doesn't seem, it seems only yesterday in 2006 when I asked a couple of friends to come down. And it turned out to be about 70 friends uh, turned came down for the first killer Nashville. And, uh, but it, just, it seems like yesterday, but I've watched, I've watched two children grow while the uh the conference goes year to year so i know i know time is moving but mm-hmm. uh it doesn't it doesn't seem like that to me but that's uh i guess uh, that's that's the way it is you know you don't start feeling older until you watch your kids start growing and as they get bigger and bigger you keep thinking well something must be happening with me <laughs> because, <laughs> because if they're if they're aging 
uh so am i that's so that, right you know. <laughs> yeah unfortunately. thank you for having me back on the show we, we got to talk last year and then I, and i was delighted uh, to come back and talk with you again well same here because uh, you do so many things and you've done so many things it's just amazing to me um i was looking over our previous interview and I was struck by a couple of things. First, I'd forgotten that you started a production company at the age of 16 and made commercials at that time, correct? I did. I did. And the uh, first commercial was for a uh, a bank. And uh, so, yeah, I've been doing this for a long time. I started as a kid actor when I was 10. So that's even adding oh. on to it. So I've been in this business a long time, uh, working in film, television, and publishing. Hmm. And music and music and music yeah excellent um also i was struck by how the killer nashville grew out of a smaller local conference correct uh well i i started a, a conference before killer nashville mm -hmm. and uh it was one that was is still to some degree going on uh here in uh in tennessee where i live but it's a very very local uh conference and uh i really wanted to expand into something that was international which is what we are i mean we've got i just saw today we had somebody sign up from kenya so it's we we've got a lot of people who come in from other countries and uh, that was really my focus uh for uh switching and, and starting killer nashville was to be able to increase the bandwidth uh to reach writers I, I love writers from all over the world i don't have a specific genre really that i personally read i'm i'm very ec eclectic read uh across everything and uh uh i also am a big fan of um literary works and movies from other countries and uh so uh, the idea of doing something international was really appealing to me because i wanted to uh i, I just I, I just love the connection that you make with these writers and filmmakers throughout the world it's uh we have a common love of what we're trying to do with story and uh it's just i mean it's just great to be able to reach out and get to know people from other cultures it is it's fantastic um so what is new and exciting that's on tap at nashville this year at killer nashville yes at killer um, nashville. we are we've we've expanded our course offerings uh we were doing around 66 courses we are doing 155 this year and uh the conference uh is able to uh is able to hold that and uh so we've got a lot more opportunities for people to be on panels we've got a lot more opportunities for people who are coming to learn to find different types of things that we're we're working on we're, i've really focused i know a lot of people are interested in marketing uh, whether they're traditionally published or self-published or some sort of independent hybrid, whatever. And uh, so we've really, really uh, battened down the hatches on the uh, on the marketing as well. So we're covering a lot of genre genres. Um, our our trinity was pretty much any any work that encompasses mystery, thriller, or suspense, and. We've altered that because I've, I kind of had a, uh, 
epiphany that action and romance and not necessarily romantic love but romance with life romance with the language uh fit in as well so now we've got the uh the the five so uh, mystery thriller suspense action and romance are pretty much the focus uh, of what we're doing here at killer nashville it's still it's still the same conference it was but it's we're we're offering more things like how to interject romance into your book how to uh how to how to interject action more action into your book. how do you keep how do you keep the pages turning and so we focused a lot more on that because i think that's really what people wanted and i spent a lot of time this last year sending out emails to previous attendees and people i knew who were coming this year saying what do you want to see and so uh, they started telling me what they wanted to see and i thought we don't have enough bandwidth in our 66 uh things to cover that so i started doing the numbers of how many attend and uh i was just i was like okay we we've got enough that uh we can we can expand out and still have a good good showing in each one of the rooms so um it's we're up to I think it's 156 and then we've got a lot more panel presentation I mean uh panel presentation not panel presentations presentations uh by individuals experts in their field of AI and forensics and <laughs> legal and uh medicine and so all of those are going to be for for people who are really coming for some serious knowledge about you know a serial what 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 goes really goes on in the mind of a serial killer uh we've got expert pan uh expert presenters who are coming to do that so we've got panels and presentations at the same time going so it's really really expand expanded it's the same as it was but i i think uh as i sent out in a newsletter uh killer nashville newsletter i really think that this year is going to be the best one i've ever produced mm. Well, it sounds really amazing. It sounds like you've really branched out into some other things. And well, I've I, I think I've I've really uh, just kind of, as I said, had kind of an epiphany, and with the guidance of of the people who've previously attended, because they, you know, they're the backbone of what we do, or the the people who who come and share themselves with everybody else. And uh, I just kind of had an epiphany on the little dark areas and the shadow areas that we weren't shining light on and so uh decided you know the, this year that uh, we've got to figure out a way to do that and and i and, and i did I, I i've i've got it worked out we've got the schedule online now and uh you'll see a wide array of choices so no matter where you are in your journey whether you've just got an idea or you're already a published writer who's doing well but wants to do better uh we've got something going on every single hour of uh every single day for you we're, we're running 10 and 12 tracks per day i mean per hour so uh there's going to be plenty of content for where whatever stage that you're at and what's so cool is having you know as you know uh, we have a really experienced people who are coming and then people who are starting out and having them network and converse uh, is, is a great thing. So um, that's uh, that's kind of the news of where we are this year. Hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting that you're going into marketing a little bit more because 
definitely that's on the minds of a lot of writers these days yeah especially when you've got the independent people and then also you with uh with standard publishing houses as the traditional houses uh, you don't have the marketing support that you used to have. I mean, everybody, everybody's got a bu tight budget now. And so it's not like, you know, somebody's just trying to ignore, you know, their authors, they just have to manage the resources as wisely as they can. And so it behooves authors to sort of, you know, you'd kind of have to take that upon yourself as well. And um, there's things that you can do that cost money, but there's lots of things that you can do that don't necessarily cost money. And so we try to make sure we cover those in our sessions because, uh, you know, uh, a lot of, every, a lot of people are the do it yourself kind of person and have to be even because of necessity. And so we try to try to give them freebie ways that they can increase their market reach, uh, without having to spend a lot of money to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Very important to know those. Um, are you already planning a panel for next time on chat GPT and how it won't take our, over our jobs? <laughs> <laughs> we've got, we've got three sessions on AI, uh, at this particular conference. One is you know, <laughs> as a writer is your job at threat. And then the other thing about AI in terms of, um, uh, its current use within the military. And then uh, the third panel is, uh, are we already to some degree at war uh, in the electronic front because of the, the ability of AI and things that are going on? So all three of those forensic panels, actually, I think will be very, very informative. Sounds and, I brought, like and I've got an expert in AI coming in to discuss those issues and, um, excuse me so we're not getting we're, we're actually getting a real perspective of where we are in that rather than uh you know like an an opinion presentation mm -hmm. opinion panel we're actually getting some hard data coming in on that wow that's great um how do you manage your time and avoid burnout <laughs> i i think if, if first of all uh, you should, you, I started out as a young person doing what I loved, and I have always done what I loved, even when I've been in situations where it was like I was, you know, uh, about to get thrown out of my apartment or having to spend the night in my car, which has happened uh, in the early days. And uh, I think that the number one thing is to just make a choice to do something you love, because when you love it, it's not work. I remember after the Northridge earthquake, when I was living in Beverly Hills in Los Angeles, I was doing really well uh, with the film, but I woke up one morning and, uh, and I was uh, doing some acting work then. And I was like, you know, that's, it's, it feels like a job. And uh, at that point, I just, my personality, I loaded my dog into my car and uh, uh, Chip Diggins went uh, at Hollywood Pictures said, "Why don't you check out some locations back in Tennessee?" And uh, and so I left. You know, I'd gone through uh, Hurricane Andrew in Miami a few years before, and I thought, I don't want to deal with another one of these natural disasters, you know, going on. So I came back to Tennessee and really uh, fell in love again with writing as opposed to acting and i think i've just followed my muse as i've gone along so that's how i think i prevent uh burnout uh um 
I love what I do and uh, I have a great supportive family that uh, lets me lets me go. I work uh, seven days a week most of the time. Uh, I work about 10 to 12 hours a day and um, I don't feel like I'm I don't really don't feel like I'm a workaholic. I feel like I'm a little kid in a playground. So <laughs> I, I think that's uh, it's just I get to I get to you know, uh, electronically or in person, hang out with some really cool people. And I get to uh, create stories and I get to create projects and work with other people on projects, developing other projects and consulting. And so it's just, uh, it's a lot of variety and it's a lot of fun. So it's not burnout for me. Well, that's fantastic. And that's as it should be. I mean, everybody should, you know, really hopefully embrace the thing that they love so much that working in that field is really just kind of living well and but and, and i think your life. a lot a, a lot of people i think and I, we get that at killer nashville we've got even some panels on it uh they're uh, averse to risk and you really have mm -hmm. to be willing i i remember there, there's a well-known actor that i i um was around and I, I said, uh, I said, I'm, I'm feeling very frustrated. He, he, he said, you know, uh, hang, hang in there, kid. He said, uh, you'll eventually, uh, when you get old enough, everybody's either going to die or they're going to get tired and leave and you're still going to be standing. And so I, I took his advice and stuck with it. And, uh, and I, I recommend that to everybody. But I think you just have to take little calculated risks in order to get to that point. Not all of us, you know, I think, I don't know how people are like full-time writers, because I do a lot of other things. I produce, I direct, I, you know, I consult, I, I I'm an educator as well. And I, and I, I don't know about three hours for me of creativity of you know writing like you know real sitting there writing just about drains all so what are you going to do the rest of the day so uh i don't know if i think sometimes people think i'm going to be a professional writer that's a full-time thing and i don't know you know there's people who do work you know eight hours a day or more or less um uh, writing but i just i just can't do that i I, I get very, very tired. It just puts my heart and soul into it and it, it drains me out. So I, I don't know if uh, heading in the direction of saying, you know, I'm going to quit my job and be a full-time writer. Uh, I think you can really be a professional full-time quote unquote writer uh, and still, you know, keep your other job if, if it's something that you love to do as well. But if you hate your job, this is just in general, it doesn't matter if you hate your job, uh, put some thought into that because you spend a lot of time at that job. That's <laughs> right. You hate it so much. Uh, start <laughs> thinking about, a, you know, start thinking about plan B or better yet, you know, plan A, because uh, you may <laughs> be in plan B or C. So um, I think, uh, I think that's a, that's a, a good path. To Make go. writing part of your A story of life. <laughs> yes, ex ex so exactly. And I mean, there, and there's some people that can just sit and write and write and write and write, but I, I, I get tired and I, I need to go do something else. I guess that was kind of goes back to your, uh, how do you prevent burnout? I work a lot. 
and or I play a lot, but I don't focus on one thing for a long, long time. I kind of go from this project to this project throughout the day, and it, it adds a lot of variety to what I do. Yeah, yeah, I hear that because going between novels and screenplays is what I do, and it's very much the same sort of thing. It's like, okay, I have to focus on this one for a while. Okay, now I have mm -hmm. to switch over to this one, and it requires different similar skill sets but different if you know what i mean yes i do yeah i mean you, you know about screenwriting <laughs> um i was gonna say since you're a producer and showrunner i had to check you out on imdb pro and yeah. i see that you made four films short four short films in the late 80s and early 90s yeah what was I, that I, like well i've i've made quite a few films i i was a uh -huh. i was a uh producer for PBS. I've done a lot of independent films. Uh, but if you are back when I was involved in doing that, the internet movie database um, was only interested if they could get it on DVD. Huh. So since like year 2000 forward, stuff like that, uh, you'll start seeing things. Uh, there was a there was a project I did which was interesting. Uh, it was a it was a documentary, and uh, we went through. Uh, we were we were previewing it in uh, film festivals, and because we were doing that, we were using a program that happened to be owned by uh, Internet Movie Database, and so that got listed. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's a ton of credits that uh, credits and movies and stuff that I've done that are not listed on that just because uh, internet is new and I'm old. <laughs> and so <laughs> they don't list all of the things that uh, that you do, and you have to go through a manual process of uploading and I've, I've uploaded a couple of things and that I've been involved in and, and I, I, it's just, it's just kind of like too much trouble. Yeah. yeah. So well, I... Better, better places to go to claystafford.com and see the links and the list there of credits. There's lots of stuff on your website. Very interesting. I took yeah, a look. There's i uh, I've probably, I've probably produced and directed uh, and, and, written each respectively probably 150 200 projects uh that have shown on pbs and uh, what used to be the three traditional networks cbs nbc abc and uh and so um if you if you really want to get a full scope of that go to my website and look at the credits interesting did you do mostly um documentary style or <laughs> I did documentaries. I did um, movies for television, like the the you know the there used to be the after school specials, mm -hmm. uh, and we would take on an issue, say uh, dyslexia, and uh, I did a, a movie with, about a kid with dyslexia, and um, uh, so it ran it ran a range. I've done game shows. I was in charge when I was with at PBS. I was in charge of live television. So all political debates I would do, uh, and I was also a switcher as well. And, you know, in TV, you have the director and the switcher, and I was a director slash, slash switcher uh, where you sit at the control, um, 
console and picked which camera, you know, angle you were going to use. Did a lot of how-to for PBS, uh, bonsai, uh, sewing shows, painting shows, memory shows. So just a big eclectic mix of of different kinds of uh, different kinds of things. Interesting. But again, if you if you really want to know about that, go to go to my website and look in credits, and you'll see that. I'll have to do that. Um, what's your advice for anyone who'd like to write for film or television? Um, write a really good spec script and then find an agent. It's pretty much impossible to get anything done without a, a good agent. And it's really hard to find an agent. So when you start submitting out, uh, send it to, you know, 20 agents at a time and then when you uh, get rejected by all of them which you probably will no matter how good your script is i've got a i've got a, a friend of mine who got a got a script for a you know a, a boxer that was coming back in it was you know and it was his biggest oh i missed that one that was for rocky with sylvester stallone and but so i mean rocky went on to do very very well so just because you get rejected doesn't mean that you don't have something that's good because rocky was you know rocky was good i remember going to the theater and coming out and everybody was jumping around like they were the italian stallion you know <laughs> and uh and it uh so i i would suggest that you write a really good spec script and if we want to define spec script, that's just a script written on speculation and one that's, uh, you don't know if anything's ever going to happen to it. You just write it and then get an agent and then and first 20 reject you, send in another 20. And when they reject you, send in that. And eventually, if it's good, somebody will pick it up and then uh you're pretty much in the hands of your agent in terms of submitting it to studios uh, if you're just wanting to go the script route straight without having to go through a you know book and then adapt adaptation to to screen mm -hmm. yes do you think it's um more likely to you're more likely to get an agent if you have a book as opposed to a screenplay in other Absolutely. words if you have the ip can you sell them the idea of say a feature or a, a, a tv show based on your ip uh and what do you mean by ip i'm sorry the intellectual property i meant yeah the, the book uh, yeah. yeah yeah if you've got if you've if you've if you've written a book i, I remember when uh kevin costner did dances with wolves uh he he had the writer wrote the screenplay and then he and he said it's going to be a lot easier for me to get this produced if you will uh if you'll rewrite it as a book first and get the book published and then let me take it in so i think that hollywood has always looked to stage and books for uh new material and uh sometimes at the uh at the expense of original screenplays so uh with books you've already got something in hand they've got the full story they can see it if they especially if it's got a, a book with legs if it's moving if it's selling uh then you've got a better opportunity and there's there are readers that you as the author can submit your book to directly to various production companies to see so you can't you can't submit your screenplay to the production companies but you can submit your book 
to the production companies because it's a published book. It's it's out there. They, the reason they won't accept your screenplay is because one a the mass volume of people writing, but also because there's a liability issue. You they could read it, and then later on you could you know, say that they stole your idea or something. And so just for legal reasons, they rather go through an agent than they would directly. But if you've got a book that's published that anybody can buy at a bookstore or on online, then uh, they don't have to worry about somebody saying, Oh, you, you took my private idea and you, you stole it. So you can submit yeah. those to readers and then the readers will recommend them to the producer of the various production companies. And then uh, that person would reach out to you or reach out to your literary agent usually. And uh, then it would go from there. Hmm. That's useful to know actually. Um, so um, you are definitely what I would consider an entrepreneurial author or entrepreneurial writer producer was, so forth. yeah yeah um what advice would you give to somebody who would like to do what you're doing i don't know i really think it comes a lot of it comes organically of how you're wired when you when you come into the world and uh as I, back when i was acting i remember several different accountants told me that, uh, you know, you're not the tip and typical actor. Uh, you're not, and, and I've had a couple of attorneys, intellectual attorneys tell me that you're not the, the typical writer producer because I tend to, uh, I, I'm a Capricorn. If, if there's any value in that, which means, you know, that I, I do tend to stereotypically have a business slanted mind and i think you either uh, have that uh, mentality or you don't and i i think you can develop an interest in in it i think you can be taught if you really have an interest but it might not turn you on the mm -hmm. way that it turns me on so um i i love i love deals uh, i went to I, I was uh took a lot of law program law classes when i was at the university of miami doing my graduate work and uh i was at the top of my classes that i took in law and um i really had no desire to be an entertainment attorney but i just loved the theory and the precedents and the uh, application that was behind law and so i think you either just you know you have a you have a love for it or you don't have a love for it but you can you can certainly gain knowledge but in terms of wanting to do it uh, i think that's a completely different different matter for me i get as much fun uh putting a deal together i have as much fun producing a project as i do writing and uh so if you if you have that feeling and you love that feeling because for me it all comes down to storytelling uh, we're putting together a story we're packaging a story we're writing a story uh, it all comes down to the same thing but if you don't have that then it may not be your um, thing that you want to produce i mean exactly continue but if you've if you've got an interest in business then yeah you can expand and start doing things as a matter of fact um i uh, was fortunate to be uh, the guy that 
rode that drove the uh, golf cart for uh, MCA mogul uh, Lou Wasserman, and uh, he talked to me a lot uh, as a young young guy in my early twenties, and um, gave me advice on things. And he he told me, you know, the the business the business side is where you can have your security uh, as opposed to being just on the art side because if you're on the art side you're waiting for someone to hire you or you're waiting for someone to buy something from you or accept you but if you're if you're the rainmaker then you've always got something going on because you're the one that's creating everything and you're the one that's hiring and you're the one that's producing and so it was a valuable valuable advice that he gave me as mm -hmm. we drove around in our little golf cart on the universal studio lot wow that's so cool um let's see uh what are you reading these days we don't have very much time left just so you know it's like seven minutes <laughs> before we we hang up yeah um, what am i reading i've got uh i've got a business book that i'm reading i've got uh several nonfiction books and i've got some uh two or three fiction books and uh then i've got uh i'm looking uh, i try to read all the books i can on uh for our guest of honor interviews at killer nashville and so i um am reading their books so i tend to be uh episodic in my reading i'll read a chapter from this and a chapter from that and it really i've got poetry and essay books sitting on my desk in my bedroom and uh so i may i may just decide to spend the evening you know reading poetry uh and so it just really depends on again uh what i feel in the mood for at the time uh that i'm reading but i have multiple projects going on a lot of people say where do you do how do you uh how do you you know read so many books because i'm you know i'm reading like 12 15 books at the same time and how do you keep up with all the stories? Well, it's the same way, you know, that you used to before binge watching and streaming came in. You used to watch an episode of something on Tuesday night at 7.30 and you didn't see it again until Tuesday night at 7.30. Exactly. And so it's pretty much it's pretty much the same thing. So I've, I've got about 15, 12, 15 books that I read at the time. And I always do that. Well, that's fantastic. I read a lot of books at the same time, too. Um... Well, I was just going to say, is there anything you'd like to add before we finish up? No, I'm just delighted to be here and thankful you asked and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can get together next year. Oh, absolutely. I really want to come to uh, Killer Nashville one of these days. I would so, love for you to come. I, I do really want to be there because it just sounds so great. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much for being here, uh, Clay, and for talking with us. And um, for you out there listening, I just want to uh, remind you that uh, we are on YouTube as well as the podcast. If you're on YouTube, please hit the like button watching us. And if you're listening to the podcast, please leave a review and consider supporting us on Patreon. Where you can get ad-free episodes and uh, other perks if you uh, join at the lowest level and you can get more at the higher levels. Um, in any case, um, I'm glad to say that we have started the ninth season. I'm really pleased to be able to say that. And I'm still here. I'm going to continue to interview authors and uh, other uh, people involved in 
crime writing, and our next guest will be Addison McKnight. It's a two-person team called Addison McKnight. And until then, take care, and I'll talk to you later. Happy reading. Mm -hmm.